Hello, everyone. This is Stephen Strang, and welcome to my podcast. Well, today I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to play for you a podcast that we just did on the Charisma Podcast Network with Dr. Steve Green called Green Lines. He had invited me to be on his show to talk about my new book, God Trump in the 2020 Election. And his format's a little bit different than mine, and never before have I been interviewed on my own podcast. But I thought it was interesting enough that I thought some of you would want to listen to it because we deep dive into everything from the New Hampshire primary to the fact that Donald Trump was 70 years, seven months, and seven days on the day he became president, and a whole lot of things in between. So here I'm just going to play the podcast as he did it, but without commercials and all that kind of stuff. So enjoy this podcast and share it with others, if you would. Thank you for listening. Well, just before the break, I promised you an in-depth interview. I say that because he's had a show called In-Depth before. But this is just a good interview, a good chat with my friend and boss and owner of Charisma. Uh, more than that, he's just a phenomenal person, writer. And I've had the privilege of watching him develop uh, as a book writer. Now he's on his third book. He's written other books, too, before my time. But I've watched him write three of them and have uh, had to experience that with him. It's just been a great experience. This book now that we're going to talk about is God, Trump, and the 2020 election. Before we get too deep into it, I want to tell all of my listeners to think about this. There's a website you can go to right now and get an autographed copy of the book, just whatever the price is that you find it, here at this address, shop.charismamag.com. One more time, shop.charismamag.com. If you missed it, just rewind a little bit, pick it back up. But I really would like for you to get an autographed copy of this book. It means a little more to me. I've gotten his autograph on my books. I treasure them. I really do. We're going to talk with him about the book, and several other things of his life. But I want to just back up a little bit and help you get to know this author and journalist the way that I do and just get to know him from the start of his interest in this election of Donald Trump back in 2016. So, Steve, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. It's nice to be on your podcast. Just last week I was interviewing you over your book, Love Leads. And, and so I now sure you're, appreciated that. you're returning the favor. And I was just thinking about the fact that I've been on Fox and Friends with Steve Ducey and Eric Metaxas and on and on and on. And now I have finally <laughs> arrived. I'm on Green Lines. Well, I'm, I'm blessed to have you on the show and get to use your, your own studio and, and interview you. So we're going to go to work and make sure that our guests understand how important this election really is. That uh, no one thought Donald Trump had a chance in 16 we're so thankful that he did run and win. And you had a lot to do with that. I believe you influenced the election, at least helped get more evangelical votes out to the voting boxes. And you got people to really think about the importance of showing up to vote. Has that changed this year in 2020? Well, in 2016, there were some people who thought he'd win. There were, you know, a number of people, but, you know, we call them prophets. Mm -hmm. And they were, you know, in the charismatic community and they're spiritually sensitive and believe that God speaks today and believe that God was raising him up like Cyrus in the Old Testament, who God raised up a Persian king, a pagan king, who God used to send the children of Israel back to Israel and that things were so bad that God raised up this unlikely businessman to be president. And we reported that widely. Yes, you did. Mainly online. 
but I did some podcasts on it back in the day, and we made it a cover story in Charisma Magazine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, did we affect the election? We have no way of knowing. The closer the election, the more a few people can affect it. So, for example, in 2000, when George Bush won here in Florida by just uh, slightly over 500 votes, I believe that it was Billy Graham's endorsement. He had a crusade in Jacksonville, Florida, the weekend before the election. And he had stayed out of politics you know, he didn't want to get burned, and he wanted, you know, he wanted to minister to both sides. But he said he was so old, he didn't care anymore what people said if they criticized him. And he endorsed George W. Bush. And I believe that his endorsement influenced at least 535 people at least. to vote. Now, with Donald Trump, there were 80,000 votes spread over three states. That is razor thin. Yes. And did we motivate our people? Well, I hope so. We have no way of counting, and we can just do what we have to do. But I had the feeling back then, and I do now, that on whatever platform God has given me, whatever influence I have, I want to be all out, 100% for trying to get this man elected, not because he's a perfect man. We know he isn't, but because the other side is so bad. Mm -hmm. And I say that in a general way, you know, trying to not make it into personalities. But even with this election, my feeling is it kind of doesn't matter who wins the election. There's nobody up there. First of all, that's a better leader. I mean, after that State of the Union address, you could just see what a tremendous leader. Part of the problem is we've had a whole bunch of presidents, you know, in my lifetime that have not been strong leaders, Mm -hmm. you know, starting with Jimmy Carter. And, you know, we don't have time to go into all that, but he's a strong leader. But it's who's on the other side. When he ran in 2016, it was Hillary Clinton. And people talk about the phrase never Trumpers. Well, I was the opposite. I called it being an ABC voter. That means anybody anybody but Clinton. Yes. So I thought Donald Trump may not be strong in foreign affairs. We don't know what the economy is going to do. There's a lot of question marks, but we know that he'll be better than Hillary Clinton. But he has surpassed our expectations. I have a chapter in my book, God, Trump in the 2020 election, called Promises Made, Promises Kept. He has a character trait that very few politicians have. I mean, they say one thing to get elected. And then then they don't follow through on it. They forget. And Mm -hmm. especially for the Christian community who feels that we've been marginalized and we've been losing our rights. And I mean, where it's almost scary. He proved that right off the bat with Supreme Court. Right off the bat. And he has all kinds of executive orders. If you want to, we can deep dive into it a little Mm -hmm. bit. But that is a character trait that I really admire. And it sort of doesn't matter if you like his personality. It's what Mm -hmm. he's accomplishing. So... You know, I try to bring this out in the book. I try to look at it from a spiritual perspective. I go into what's at stake in the current environment. I talk about his relationship to the black community and why do African-Americans overwhelmingly vote for Democrats when their history is so horrible regarding slavery and more recently just taking their vote for granted. I mean, we don't have time to go into that. I talk about the issue at the border. You know, I go into all these issues, but then I have a whole section of what he's like as a person. He's really a nice guy. He's funny. If you've ever watched his rallies, he's funny. When I interviewed him personally, he was very respectful and kind of soft-spoken, not at all like the bully that he's portrayed to be. No, I was sitting next to you. I watched him. I watched you interview him, and he liked you, you know, and he was genuine. He was real. He answered honestly. He had no notes in front of him. He didn't fake it. He just answered you from his heart. I respected him from that day on. 
And so you can testify because you were there and I have a picture to prove it. And you'll yes. remember that I told you and Taylor Berglund, who went with us, we only have 10 minutes. We are not going to waste time on pictures. <laughs> Don't even ask. Mm-hmm. Well, we must have finished a minute or two early. And he asked us, do we want a picture? Yes. When he came in, he helped himself to a bottle of water as the other journalist was leaving and we were coming in. And he offered me, and maybe he offered you guys too, a bottle of water, and I politely declined. But I thought about it later and thought there was no reason for him to offer a bottle of water. He was just being courteous. Just being a man. And, you know, that's a small thing I recognize, but it gives you a little bit of insight into the man. Mm-hmm. Then I go into the spiritual perspective, which almost no one goes into. Right. Even the other Christian publications. Christianity Today wouldn't deal with this. I mean, they're against him. You know, they're kind of liberal evangelicals, if I can call them that. A world magazine doesn't. Uh, most of the websites don't really deal with the spiritual aspect. And there have been prophecies that he would be elected twice. And I document mm-hmm. that. That's good. In fact, it was one of the first chapters I wrote in the book. It ends up being toward the end of the book is, you know, when the book finally came out. But also there were signs in the heavens these aren't ones that I figured out. They're as a journalist, they're ones that I found out about, and I thought it was interesting to share them. And then also, there are things in Scripture that I call foreshadowing. First of all, there are going to be people that criticize anything about Trump. Sure. And of course, there are people that have been criticizing me my whole career. So I realize that people can criticize this, but I think that some of these things in the Bible, you know, I just mentioned about Cyrus, of course, it's kind of comparing him to Cyrus. Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, who wrote the Oracle and the paradigm before it, sees similarities between Jehu, who was a king who came in, he was kind of an outsider, and God used him to defeat the house of Ahab, which had led the Israelites into pagan worship. And he got them back serving the one true God. And if it had not been for Jehu and him ending their reign, Israel would have been pagan forever. Judaism would have ceased to exist. And of course, the Messiah would not have been born and Christianity developed. So, I mean, he's a very pivotal person, not very well known. Right. So when I saw that, it's like, boy, this is a real eye-opener. And somebody asked me about it, and I said, you know, we've used biblical illustrations a lot of time. You know, Martin Luther King would, Jr. would have been called a Moses leading his people out of the wilderness. Every time somebody tackles somebody big, that's bigger than them. They always say it's David and Goliath. You know, that's kind of the same thing. It's sort of understanding things with some of this biblical imagery. I use this myself. We were talking to somebody about Kanye West, and I said to me, it's like the Apostle Paul getting saved on the road to Damascus. I mean, in the sense that it was just so utterly unbelievable. So I think that it's interesting to look at that and see that there are things in the Scripture, whether it's Jehu, whether it's Cyrus, where we can see God's hand on Donald Trump. We're visiting with Steve Strang on Green Lines. I want to remind you to go and get an autographed copy of this book. It's the first day he's put this up, first day we're announcing it. Everyone who buys this book at shop.charismamag.com, shop.charismamag.com, will get an autographed copy from Steve Strang. He may sign books other places. We'll just promise you, you buy a book here. If they're in stock, you're going to get it with his signature. Steve, I'd like to bring you back to Signs in the Heavenlies. I think our audience, you've trained our audience over the last 40 
five years to expect us to have a spiritual slant on things. I know you've been for Trump from the early beginnings, for, certainly from the time it was, he was clearly the, the nominee, that you've been behind him. And tell us how you see the signs in the heavens. You've, you know, many of the stories and many of the prophetic words, some deep, some of our biggest downloads online have been from some of those stories that were written on Charisma News. Tell us what you know and what you hold to your heart that influences you to know that God's behind this man. When our culture is so secular that we're never exposed to this. But I think there's something deep in people's heart that they want to see signs from God. Mm-hmm. So I present these as something interesting to think about. You can get weird with it. There was a fellow who looked at all these signs and came up with the Jesus was going to come in 1988. I, you know, I remember that. Mm-hmm. We have to be careful not to read into it more than we mean. And of course, we don't follow astrology as Christians. Yet the wise men followed a star to find the Christ child. That's right. And so I just think it's interesting. And I'll give you some examples. We sometimes see significance in blood moons. In fact, there's been several books written about it. John Hagee wrote one. I don't understand all that significance. In the case of John Hagee, there were some blood moons, and they just happened to be on the Jewish holidays, and you had to kind of wonder what God was up to. Well, Donald Trump, the day he was born was a lunar eclipse, which we call a blood moon, June 14, 1946. If you go 700 days and... Christians put some significance on seven. It's the number of perfection, seven days in the week, this kind of thing. If you go 700 days exactly, it was the birth of Israel on May 14, 1948. Then when Donald Trump became president, he was elected in the Jewish year 5777. He won by 77 electoral votes. And the day he was sworn in, he was 70 years, seven months, and seven days. Hmm. Now, what does that mean? I don't know. But a friend of mine and I were talking about this, having a very similar conversation, and he said, you know, that is divine poetry. Yes, that's good. And I thought that that was a nice way to look at it, divine poetry. What is God saying about this? What can we learn? And these kinds of things probably happen a lot. We're just not attuned to it for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. If Donald Trump had never been president, we probably would have never paid any attention to the fact he was born on a lunar eclipse. But I put this in the book partly because I wanted to put some stuff in the book that people couldn't get anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And dealing with it from a spiritual perspective, I just thought it was interesting. And you know, even as I've been interviewed by secular people, I'm aware that there are some people who will peruse a book like this just to find things to criticize. I've not really been criticized about that. No, I don't know even how to read that. (laughs) But I think that when you're dealing with the mystical, when you're dealing with things that are divine, you know, it's like maybe I need to not be too crass about this. You know, maybe there's something going on. Mm -hmm. We sure don't want to mock it. That's a good way to put it. Yes. Not mock it. Yes. State it and let God show it. And so far with Donald Trump, he has. I want to ask you the hard question everybody's asking me today, and I know that you get asked it every day. Do you believe that this mock impeachment has any effect on the election at all? Is it going to hurt the numbers? I think the attempt to impeach will actually help him get reelected. Mm-hmm. I think we're already seeing signs that's backfiring on the Democrats. 
I finished the book around Labor Day in 2019. You know, we were months before even the Iowa caucus. There was no way to project who the nominee would be. And I took the attitude in the book, it didn't matter. Mm -hmm. And we still don't know who the nominee is going to be. But the impeachment hearings were starting as the book went to press. So I added an epilogue and sort of answered the question. I wanted the reader to know that I was aware of it. But to say that I really didn't think it was going to affect things that much. And, you know, he made it through just fine. I mean, it was a sham. Uh, You know, I I did a podcast on my Strang Report in mid-December on the impeachment and spiritual warfare. And within a day or two, I had 110,000 downloads, and I think it's up to 150,000 now. You know, it just really connected with people. I think it is spiritual warfare. I really do. Sure. And they were looking for anything. If they could have found that he had a parking ticket and 1990, Mm -hmm. you know, they would have figured out a way to impeach him over that. And, you know, the founders actually didn't want this to happen. We do not have a parliamentary kind of government where the parliament can vote uh, no confidence in whoever's prime minister and trigger an election and get him out. We don't have that system. No. And this has never before happened in American history. And it's, I've did, I did a podcast that was very, very popular on the Strang Report on the Charisma Podcast Network. Notice how I slipped that in. That's very good. I would, it, was with, it was with Doug Weed, who wrote kind of the authorized history called Inside Trump's White House. And he actually served in the White House staff under George H.W. Bush. And he called this impeachment light. Mm-hmm. And he, he said, which I had already noticed, notice what was not in the articles of impeachment. Not one word about Russia, not one word about the Ukraine, not one word about quid pro quo, wasn't nothing there. about a bribery, nothing. And it wasn't there. It was a abuse of power, which meant that they thought that he didn't use his power the way they thought that he should. That's their opinion or contempt of Congress. He didn't give them some things that they wanted, and he wanted to go to court over it, which is what the Constitution says happens if there's a disagreement between the equal branches, the executive branch, and Congress. And it's like they're wanting to rewrite the Constitution. They want to make it where they can impeach him or really any president. You know, if this had gone through, every single president from now on would be looking over his shoulder to see if the party— and it's yes, because in a way, a president's been set. Mm-hmm. If if one there might be a payback, there probably will be a payback. Yes. In fact, it's interesting. If I remember correctly, I saw these videos of Schumer, Chuck Schumer, mm-hmm. who of course is the minority leader in the Senate, filmed during the Clinton impeachment, warning about this very thing and saying there might even be payback because, of course, he was mad that the Republicans were trying to impeach. And they did impeach Bill Clinton. He was just not found guilty. And there were actually crimes there. Yes. Crimes. Yes. And so it's just very interesting all the, how— With the, admission. <laughs> that's right. He did come and ad- admit yes, it. And did. I heard someone criticize Trump for not apologizing after it was over. What was he going to apologize for? What he, Doing so, his job? Yeah. <laughs> what was he going to do? Send him flowers? Thank you for impeaching me? Or, right. you know, let me— do my mea culpa? Would you tear up my speech for me after the election? (laughs) You know, that's going to come back and bite them. It really does. does. People, and here's the good thing, people are seeing through it. A lot of people, it was like they were blind to it or they didn't want to admit that it was this extreme. I think people are seeing through it. I think the polls are not really reflective of what people think. They weren't last time. They weren't in 16. 
That's right. They didn't show it. Now the Democratic Party is in total disarray. I mean, they can't even count votes in Iowa. And apparently the establishment is very upset that Bernie Sanders is the leader. And, well, they should be. I mean, he's a communist, a communist. Now, he calls himself a socialist. But somebody said that a socialist is just a communist without a gun. Hmm. But, I mean, he spent his honeymoon in communist Soviet Union, and I don't know what year that was, but, you know, what is he, almost 80 years old. So that was, you know, 50 or 60 years ago, long before the end of the Cold War. And it wasn't because he liked the landscape in Russia. You know, I mean, he went there because he's a communist. Mm -hmm. And even in in Congress, he's an independent. He changed to run as a Democrat in 16. He changed back. Then he changed to be a Democrat to run this time. And, you know, he's not going to get the nomination. No. And it looks like the Democrats are going to steal it from him like they did before. And if he does, his people are going to stay home or vote for Donald Trump. That's my prediction. It'll come back and bite them. Well, we're running close to being out of time, Steve. I want to answer, ask you to answer what I think is the most important question of the day, and that's the significance. Let's assume for a minute that the Democrats somehow get their act together and could run a good candidate against them, and Trump could lose. Would you talk about that eventuality? Stir up the, the gift within you to stir up the folks that are out there to get out to vote, and just tell us about the consequences of for America if Trump doesn't win. We just listen to their candidates and say what they'll do on day one. Mm -hmm. They want to pass the Green New Deal. There's something called the Equality Act that all the Democrats in the House supported, all of them. There's some kind of scary new bill that I was seeing on TV the other night. I haven't really researched it enough to be able to repeat it well, but it has to do with basically totally open borders and how illegals are treated by the justice system. Those things would happen on day one. What about freedom of religion? That's the one I want to hear you speak to. What do you think the impact on our churches might be? What would the Democrats like to have happen to our churches? Well, the Equality Act, which I do talk about in God, Trump, in the 2020 election, basically takes away religious freedom. It enshrines LBGT values as the standard and criminalizes, to some extent, anybody who disagrees with that, which includes churches. Mm -hmm. That's the essence. That is the equality of the Equality Act, to where LBGT things are equal with, you know, what we would consider traditional values, which are based on biblical principles, but they're equal plus. Mm -hmm. So if there's a tension between the two, they win legally. And, you know, it sounds good. We all want equality. We all want freedom for people, but that kind of thing will happen. They will undo things that Trump has done, like this executive order about the Johnson Amendment, the executive order about prayer in schools. That will be undone. They will appoint the wrong kind of judges. You know, in our opinion, judges that sort of make up the law as they go along. Mm -hmm. And so that will happen immediately. And I think that they will also, there's such hatred toward Donald Trump. And there's a meme Somebody sent me, and I've shown it to a bunch of friends, and it has kind of a pensive-looking Trump. And at the top it says, actually, they're not after me. They're really after you. And at the bottom it says, I'm just in the way. Mm -hmm. And they're going to turn their hatred against Donald Trump on all his deplorable supporters. It's going to happen. Now, the good thing is we have an election every four years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And... There's a possibility that we could grit our teeth and survive for four years and vote him out of office. But 
The problem is that that usually doesn't happen. The other side will get so entrenched, it'll get so bad, we'll almost never get it back. It's like a point of no return. It's like leaning back in a chair. You can lean back so far, but at some point, you pass the tipping point, and that chair is going to go down, you in it, you know, yes. and you have to kind of catch it and get it all, all four legs on the floor, you know, for it to be solid. And a lot of us saw that happening in 216. We did. And Trump stopped that from happening. And I think he needs another four years. I think at least this is my hope that he will win the House. You know, he won the Senate because of the Kavanaugh thing. Usually, the incumbent president loses the House and the Senate. If the Dems had got the Senate, they could have just, on party lines, just voted him out. Yeah, it would have been over. It would have been over. But because of Kavanaugh, McCaskill in Missouri is a good example. Mm -hmm. Josh Howley, who's actually, a lot of the listeners don't know this, and he's discreet about it, probably as he should be, but he's one of us. Uh, That's the easiest way to say it, since I may say it wrong. But he won by a fairly narrow margin. Of course, Trump went there the night before the election. A lot of things happened. But it was really over Kavanaugh. People were just, Missouri's fairly conservative state, although it's a little bit purple. And they were so disgusted at McClaskill, they voted her out. And I think that that's going to happen with this impeachment as well. It'll be interesting to see what happens between the election. I think they're going to flail around, even like they did with Kavanaugh, when it was obvious that they had lost the vote. They just made up lies out of thin air with women who had charges that have mysteriously all kind of gone away. You know, Mm -hmm. if there was any truth to it, you think they would have pursued whatever legal aspects that they could have to have won that. But they just went away. It was just made, some of that stuff was made up out of thin air. And it was almost like they didn't care if it was true or not, because if it could have gotten the vote off, they would have accomplished their goal. And really, a lot of it was to discourage Kavanaugh so much that he would have said, Mr. President, it's a high honor, but I did not count on this. I have a family. I have a life. Put in another conservative. I'm out of here. a rough process. And if he had done that, they would have, they yeah. would have succeeded. Voting him out or keeping from confirming him or him quitting, same thing. Same thing. They would have but, of course, he's strong and Trump's strong. A lot of presidents would have turned tail. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I don't want to mention any president's name Bush, but, Mm -hmm. you know, they would have done that. And Trump isn't. Mm -hmm. And, in fact, some people think that they did the whole impeachment thing to discourage Trump so much that he stepped down. I mean, Nixon stepped down in the face of impeachment, didn't Mm -hmm. he? But he had a lot of facts against him, too. Yeah, but, I mean, instead of being impeached, first time in history a president resigned. But they don't know Donald Trump. He's a fighter. And Mike Huckabee said, and I quoted him in one of my books, it said that any other president would be in the fetal position in the Oval Office. Uh, but, was. but Trump seems to thrive on it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, when he, I went to his Trump rally in Miami about a month ago, and he didn't even mention the impeachment stuff. And it was going on right then. He mm-hmm. talked about other things that that Christian audience was very interested in, That's including right. religious freedom and helping the poor and a whole bunch of stuff. So... I think we can be thankful this president is in. Are we embarrassed about some of the stuff he does? I guess we feel that we need to be because that's all we hear in the media. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yes, maybe we wish he wouldn't complain about football teams that lose or something. But in a way, it's like, who cares? I think that he's entertaining. You know, he's he's from New York. Everybody up there is kind of 
That's their personality, you know. Yes. And I've gotten to where I really enjoy his crusades. I even enjoy his tweets. And I think he's doing a fantastic job. And, you know, the Bible says you'll know a, a tree by its fruit. And mm-hmm. it's good, good fruit. It is. And there's really none of the policies that I think are unbiblical. You know, him going after Kim Jong-un, you know, the other side was saying he was going to start World War III. That hasn't happened. Moving the embassy to Jerusalem, they said he'd start war. That hasn't happened. I mean, all the stuff they say would they happen no hasn't happened. They have credibility anymore. They just lost all their credibility. Right. And, you know, it's interesting that with the State of the Union the other day, it was hard for me to understand how they could even think of some of the stupid criticisms they came up with. But CBS treated it fairly, how would you say it, fairly. Mm -hmm. I saw one of the reports, and Bill O'Reilly, who I have a lot of respect for, said, you watch CBS. They're at the bottom. They see that Fox is at the top, and they've realized there are a whole lot of conservative people that don't watch CBS, and so they're nudging it toward the middle. He didn't say they're going to be conservative, but mm-hmm. they're going to nudge it toward the middle. And that I thought that report was. It was just fairly straightforward. That's all we want. That's it. We don't really need the advocacy except for the people that are opinion people. And, you know, all the media has opinion people. What we're doing now is our opinion. You know, That's we're not right. doing this as hard news. And so I just think it's very interesting what's happening in the political landscape. And is the Christian voice included? Very, very little. And the reason I wrote this book, God Trump, the 2020 election, was to try to get it out on the table. It's given me an opportunity to do media. And I'm just so thankful now that the Lord has opened a door for me finally to be on Green Lines because I know this is going to be the cause for this book really taking off. (laughs) Oh, surely you jest. But I do ask every guest the same two questions at the end of my show. First of all, tell me two things that people can do today to help get Donald Trump reelected, Two things today they could do. Well, first of all, you can come to our website and buy a copy of the book. Yes. And it'd be so exciting. It gives you talking points even on how to talk to your friends. Mm-hmm. Then after you read it, you can give it to someone. That'll yes. hopefully influence a, a vote. The That's other good. thing is, and this is from a spiritual perspective, is they can pray. Yes, come You know, on. we believe that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. This is not about personalities, about Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. This is about principalities and powers. And it sounds like a cliche to say pray. No, but, it's not. But really, we pray. You know, we don't have time to get into this, but I even think that World War II was won because people prayed. Now, do the historians give them credit? But there are some signs, including the British praying about Dunkirk, you know, and that flotilla and uh, Patton having his men stand in formation and pray a prayer that the chaplain wrote. But of course, I've also heard, heard stories about intercessors in Britain and America and other places praying, praying, praying that God would crush Hitler. And so we pray and we don't know what happens, but we've got to pray. We believe that we have power through the Holy Spirit. We have power over principalities and powers. We oh. can pull down some of these principalities and powers. Now, everyone thinks this is a bunch, you know, secular people are going to think this is a bunch of foolishness. They don't understand. They don't understand the things of God. And a lot of Christians get very, very passive about it. They just, well, you know, I don't know if my prayer would help, or I prayed, I've been there, done that. Do I need to pray twice? You know, if, yes. We need to pray. And I end the book on saying you need to get active and vote and you need to pray. And one of the things we pray about is that God raises up godly leaders in the Democratic Party 
because our country needs two strong parties and the other side has run off almost all the pro-life Democrats. It's hard to even find one anymore. They primary them and get them out of office. And they have also just gone so far left socially as well as politically. But that can change. Yes. And we God can raise up people. There are good Christians in the Democratic Party. I personally believe that their eyes are blinded. You know, they need to see clearly. But that's my opinion. But we need to pray. And that's something that people can pray. They can do it today. We can pray. We can pray in the name of Jesus. We can pull down principalities and strongholds and know that there's power in prayer. Amen. Well said. Good way to end the podcast. But I have one more question. And that question is, we like to ask all of our authors, especially because authors are readers, we like to ask you to share a couple of books that are moving you at the current time. What are you reading? What do you recommend? Other than your own books, of course. What have you read recently that you'd recommend to our readers? Well, the book I'm reading right now is Profiles in Corruption by uh, Schweitzer. But we've also published a lot of great books at Charisma Media, and I'm working on Daniel Cleanse's book called Slaying Dragons, which is actually about spiritual warfare. Mm -hmm. And I had someone tell me today that it was one of the best books they ever read on spiritual warfare, and I told him, of course, that I was reading it too. So those are two books that I would highly recommend. Two great recommendations. Well, you've heard it here. You heard Steve Strang, author, publisher, founder of a magazine that has become a 40-year tradition in many homes across this country. Uh, he's a has a digital mind for this new economy as well and bringing the new media to homes all across the country. So, Steve, I appreciate you taking time out of your day to be on the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you, and God bless you. The name of the book is God, Trump, and the 2020 Election, Why He Must Win, and What's at Stake for Christians If He Loses. The author's name is Steve Strang. You know him. He's the founder of Charisma Media. We love him here at our place, and we sure hope that you'll get your autographed copy of this book today. It's shop.charismamag.com. I appeal to you. You can do something good with this book. You can give it away to someone who's on the fence. Shop.charismamag.com. Steve's signature is going to be in the cover. On behalf of uh, my producer, Adley, we encourage you to get out to vote and to encourage others to do the same thing. This is Steve Green on the Charisma Podcast Network. God bless you all.